Yes, yes, yes. I hear the music. Sorry, I've just uh, Seth Rollins just kicked DDP's arse hard to get me to the bonus. I hadn't beaten him since last night. I'm excited. What's up, guys? Happy June 4th. Uh, Darren McCarty here. Uh, Grad time with Darren McCarty. Obviously, we're still in the pandemic, so this is 25 on 19. Hello to everybody back in the studio. David Angel, Michael, Jess, Maz, Clarence, Terry, Jimmy, whoever's doing what you're doing. Hope to see you guys soon. I almost made it in today, but I had to cut the grass. Another deal. Also, did you know being June 4th, um, I, uh, hey, Nick, you there? Joined by Nick Nooch, the BD, not the BJ, but the number 30, 34. Oh, Quinn, there she is. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a special guest here on Grind Time. As you know, the star of Quinn and Dad, that's Mrs. Ms. Quinn Antonucci. She'll be a star. How are you, darling? How's the bike ride? Quinn just, <laughs> Quinn just learned. Hi, Quinny. Quinn just learned how to ride a bike without her two wheels, and it was a great video. How are you making out? Any bad spills? You haven't got caught speeding yet, have you? We caught speeding. Yeah, we caught speeding. Yeah, we got caught speeding. There's a couple yeah. couple spills. Yeah. She's all padded up, and she's a tough one. That's she wipes a- out and gets on it, man. As long as you're wearing your helmet, that was the most important thing. I saw a face mask and all, but it's okay. Crash and burn, but it'd be all bundled up. I think, you know, we're going to – I mentioned <laughs> I mentioned uh, the second half hour. Uh, we're going to get into generic jackpot, Joe Coleman. What a beauty. And and speaking of that, I'll have to ask because we got uh, got a special guest to uh, – friend of the family uh to come in and talk about it he's got some uh remind nick remind me to ask our guest if there's any special padding he might know right he might know because he might do something that needs a lot of padding and he falls down a lot so i a, like the hockey equipment what's that is this our special guest move or is this the genetic jackpot move no this is our special guest because he's a stuntman and he's one of the family so if anybody knows how to fall properly, it would be him. You know, I mean, you could ask the generic jackpot Joe Coleman too. I mean, he's a 28-time tag team championship. This is freaking unbelievable. Anyways, Quinn, keep keep practicing. Falling down is part of it, but that's how you get better, honey. I miss you. I'll see you soon. really miss you. I really miss you too, but I'll see you soon, okay? So what's up, buddy? Did you do the lawn? Did you get it all handled or what? I actually did. My boy Rob, the mayor, came over and fixed the plugged up the tire uh, the, for the rider. So I had the backyard rider, front yard pusher, and it's just been a nice day in here, Nick. Uh, got a really, you know, I'm going to spout this off. I've been uh, religiously been three times this week to the pain relief uh uh, Life Center with our buddy Jeff Morton and man, there, there's absolutely something, something to it, and which it makes sense. And the the biggest thing that I can tell is like in the morning, like where. So if I usually get up and it's a five or six, say in my back where I've been treating, it's still there, but it's only like a three or a two. So 
the healing mechanism behind it's something that you know i always say don't tell me what tell me who so as i go on my journey that's why i love guinea pigging you know i'll jump in first and then you know as long as the water's warm i'll get everybody in but i ain't afraid to go first that's also awesome. uh yeah that's Exciting, awesome oh yeah also too where am i point to the p yeah little update on the p i was up there uh earlier tuesday is why uh there was no show because we were up at pink cannon i want to say thanks to andrew the new marketing guy and uh him and tim are uh hammering away but the uh i'm excited to announce that the the cbd so just like the herbal active where it's the thc free it's the hemp um we've got the formula down and it's going into production so the best part about that the cbd is following the fda guidelines um it's e-commerce what does that mean it means i'll be able to ship it everywhere and the key to it also that i'm really stoked about it's in a roll-on right so it's in a roll-on form so it's easy to take and put on spots and you know because i want everybody who's the whole purpose behind this is that the introduction that if anybody even the biggest like skeptic or, or somebody who's uh, afraid but they want to take the step so this is the lowest step that they can take to see if hey is there something to this for them and it starts a conversation piece so i'm excited for everybody out there and 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 our family and, and with the grind time family to be exposed to you know all, all these different things that are coming about that we're just going to continue to share and uh you know there's uh there's also too is the first product that'll come out is uh it's a 15% THC, 3% CBD, and it'll be a pre-roll. And the, actually the flavor, the flavor is, uh, was grown by Brian and the Radical Genetics, which are, which are our partners at Pincana, and it's called Double Pucker Up. And it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a nice little refreshing pucker of a little orange. So it's something that I think everybody um, who also too wants to, put their toes in or, or try something. It, it was something that I thought would be a very good for um, a group to enjoy or somebody to introduce it upon because that's the thing about your journey and your endocannabinoid system and cannabis. It's, it's not only, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you what, I'm going to tell you the who, where to get the what, but also too is like, this is what, this is what's going on and this is what works for me. Not necessarily for you, but we'll conversate because other people work the same way. So uh, it's a really exciting time for a lot of, lot of different reasons. Not to say the least, Nick, which is this is a perfect opportunity where we're going to have a. I'm going to this. We're going to take this this time to let everybody in on a behind the scenes grind time conversation that would happen between Nick and I off the camera but we're gonna have it because it's so important to share is that i made i did a podcast earlier today with a with a young man named brady uh leovold who it's unbelievable we were born in the same hospital in burnaby he's 16 years younger he's got a he's got a podcast called hockey to heroin and usually that's like what and it's a road to recovery so he's gone down a lot of the past and has used it, it, 
to hear somebody say and quote out of my book and say that to be able to talk to me, but to really know that sometimes out there you don't uh, get instant feedback, but it's not about, but something that I did eight years ago and, and it's really resonating. So anyways, this is the important part. And, and I know Nick that, so to follow up, but they got the puck, this thing that puck support, which is starting and it's for, you know, anybody that's played, you know, junior hockey or minor league hockey. And I, and I said to them sports in general, that needs to talk. And I told them, you know, about our relationship and, and it's just something that you see the different levels of being able to what I, and, and this is what I implore to everybody out there is keep your intentions pure and it's who you surround yourself with. And then the ones that are there on your side and, and take this into, take this to heed to what, with everything that we all as a human race are going through. Um, it's just be able to try to make it a better place. And it doesn't mean the struggles aren't there and the anxiety and the, and life doesn't happen, but here's the thing. Now let's use the resources that some of us have, have hit the, the, the worst of it of times, but we've used the knowledge and experience and trust where they, where these people have been in order to move forward and creating what we want. All the stuff we're talking about is all under the same roof, but it's all about people. You know, it all goes back to me being the, me being the battery and people being the power. And I, it was just so, I, I think I did the grass in record time. Cause I was so like, just on this high of just, it, it just made me feel so good that, and, and just with this kid, I mean, it was the total Dave Grohl moment. And, and, and when I was able to appreciate it for what it is, and it's not about somebody telling you, um, you know, like they, they idolize you and stuff like that. But telling you that when I said these things, it really resonated. There was one story that he said, like, like certain things, like he played with Tyler Redenbach, this kid that I played with in, in, in uh, Grand Rapids in my comeback. And there was one story in there where he was, uh, he was a white kid, but he had this like white Afro. He looked like a Q-tip and the kid came, or the coach came in and was snapping on guys. And he looked at him, he goes, what are you going to do? You Q-tip, you're going to get dirty or can't get that Q-tip dirty. And so, so today Brady's telling me, he goes, I played with that guy and dude, we used to call him or for Orville Redenbacher, you know, like stuff like that. So, it's just those connections of good, bad, right, wrong, and different at different levels that we try to influx. So it's the, the fact that I want, you know, the NRM family and I want the grind time family and, and, and the mess bucket and the, the slapstick and everybody to understand that, you know what, it's, it's working, you know, it's working, what, all the hard work everybody's putting in and, and their time and stuff like that. And, and as we're evolving, you know, things are evolving, you know, the, 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 I can't wait to get back in the studio, not only at NRM, but also too on Friday nights, it's, I'm starting to really enjoy doing the WJR show too. And it's just, it all to me, everything correlates because there's nothing that I do that doesn't correlate. So that's, that's just a bunch of, you know, bunch of stuff. And, and, and obviously, so everybody knows out there, like there's nothing new that I'm bringing to Nick's attention because he's the one that everything runs through and, and we try to organize it the right way, but it's, it's nice to 
be able to start relationships and feedback and and know and you just know that it's going to help somebody somewhere and and you know that's the bottom line yeah you know i was reading a little bit on brady's story last night um and i've been talking back and forth with him over the last couple of weeks it's a crazy it's a crazy story um just kind of from everything that he was going through and and i and i knew that it'd be a really good conversation between you two so i'm excited for that uh for that to come out here shortly i mean there's some crazy stuff in that i don't know how deep no, you guys I, got today wild no just a little bit you know the jail the different stuff but the correlation of being born in the same hospital you know like just a couple like stories that are just so reactive sorry i was uh refilling uh oh by the way um i need i'm all out of tim horns i might have to start drinking something else if somebody might have to stop by the house if you know what i'm saying and there's no tim Hortons, and this is the last of it i've been saving it it's like probably three weeks old i don't know but I'll drink it anyways, because, you know, thanks to Morton. <laughs> but that's, you know, Nick, back to the point is that, you know, that's just one. And there's so many is that the idea is, you know what? We're talking in, in today's day and age where it's it's to listen. It's to listen to everybody and, and have some compassion for your fellow human being, no matter where they are. And, and to see the bravery to not only change and been there, because here's the one thing that I know from talking to Brady, that he's been in the some of the dark places that I've been in, right? And I can't say that about a lot of people who are addicts and stuff that I know. And it, everybody's bottom is different, right? Like, well, I don't really believe there's a bottom because you just keep digging, trust me, because I thought I've hit it a bazillion times. Right. I don't even want to, I don't even, it's one of those things that I ain't even going there because I, there is a trap door and it could go even lower and then that's not even fun. But what I, but you realize is that, you know, people have been there and it doesn't matter what the age is, it's the experience and, and different things. So to continue these conversations and it's, you know, the, what do you mean by that? And to be able to sort of lead the way. So, um, you know, it's it, it, that, it, that's sort of exciting because it's it's it feels more personal, right? It feels more at home, and it feels it feels like I don't know. It just like I, like I said to him a few times. I said, "You were born in what year? Eighty-seven. Okay, good. It can't be mine. You know, I wasn't in Vancouver because it just sounded too eerie." Whoop! <laughs> oh, whoop! You're causing Anyways. issues. That's all right. Look at hold that. on. Oh, hold Phil, on. Nailing your arms around. Jeez, oh, Pete. We should just shoot to him right now. We get butt shots. Who wants a Mac butt shot right now? There. Uh, it's kind of lower back. Come on. Get it to get it to get it together. Goddamn David when I need him. <laughs> I think it's pretty entertaining watching you struggle right now. You know? Andrew! Uh, Andrew, <laughs> Andy, dude, I'm excited talking? for. Uh, we got uh, Joe Coleman coming on. My puff dragon, he would have never let that fall. My puff, my puff, you know, my puppy would have never let that fall on me. I no, we're my, back in the studio. What's the uh, what's the uh, 
have we do we is there an update on our end but or like i mean like is there a, yeah i mean uh, is the 12th or like what's the what's the mandate or you you live in the real world what's what's going on out there so i think monday a lot of the restrictions are, are lifting you still can't do you know gyms and salons and that kind of stuff is still off limits right now uh, but everything's essentially opening up on monday there's still the social distancing aspect and I think you can, the mall is open, but I think it's by appointment maybe, but that might be changing. So I think everybody still, you know, needs to be masked up and, and that kind of stuff moving forward. Uh, with NRM, we just got to, you know, once things calm down, which they are now, we'll sit down and have a conversation, figure out what that schedule looks like moving forward. Um, you know, they start bringing employees back to kind of see what that looks like and, and full steam ahead at that point. So we'll be good to go. So just – Something we got to get get on the books here. Look at this. Fuck. Look at this. Look at this monstrosity going on Dude, here. Phil. <laughs> Phil. Dude. I can't wash my hair in a week, brah. I, I talked to Phil, and what's going on is, so everybody, all liquor stores or distilleries, breweries, whatever, they decided to start making hand sanitizer, right? So what they're doing is they're essentially using the same bottles. So Phil has all these orders coming in and he gets to his bottle manufacturing company who essentially says, we don't have any and they can hand sanitize. So he's trying to bust out some stuff and get things taken care of to make sure that you stop looking like Beaker from the Muppets. Cause that, yeah. we need to do something about that. No, it's good. Hey, wait. Wait till tomorrow morning, about 7.15, as you're just watching the pure practice putting stroke of me just on the on the practice screen before we uh, before we disembark. And you just look at the top of this glistening beaker glowing out of my, our buddy Josh Upton's gifted Detroit Golf Club uh, hat. It's like probably the most prestigious artifact clothing I have. Um, but you'll see it and you'll, you'll know I'm going with the white one. Cause it's got a nice little, uh, it's got a nice little like uh, sweat, sweat band for this big ass five head. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, maybe no, we'll go team, no. team. I got a five head too, dude. It's, this isn't, I mean, come on. Dude, you is... wear, thir- you wear, listen, 34s. You don't have a five head <laughs> if you got 34s, bro. Nick wears thirty yeah, fours. He's really proud of it. I, dude, I should be. I was up like forty two. Six. You, you're like six five though. What shirt you got on there? Dude, I'm like six six on a good day. Uh, in reality, I'm about I'm like six three. Um, but six six, depending on the shoes, I guess. But if I'm standing next to Jimmy King, then I try and get up on the toes a little bit. You know, XLs, dude. What shirt? Van Dam, bro. What you know about Van Dam and Bloodsport? Wow, that's a great movie. That's a Look great movie, hair. man. That's two of the splits. Oh, that's yeah. Van Damage right there. That is Hell Van yeah. Damage right there. I great, think he had the original hair. the original Thunderlats, dude. I think Van Dam was the original Thunderlats. Maybe not uh, the genetic jackpot Joe Coleman who's coming on here soon. I'm excited to talk to him, man. 
this stuff is great. Well, I'm, I'm excited. And, you know, this, this is how things come about. And, you know, we're always like reach out to Nick at DarrenMcCarty.com with different ideas for guests and stuff. But, the, you know, this is a, uh, I'm telling everybody that I know, get, get me in touch. We're trying to get a, a gold dust and stuff. So our buddy Don Majerio from Mess Buckets, who does Donnybrook. And, oh, which, by the way, before I change, Fucking Brady. I'm saying Brady is the real life fucking coach of fucking the Burnaby Blazers, bro. I'm telling I'm telling him, Dom, I'm hiring him as the coach. He is fucking because he's from Burnaby. It just makes out. But anyways, I digress. What was I talking about? Oh, about calling you, getting a hold of you because how it happens. So so and this is a buddy of Dom. And it's and and I want people that guys know and you know, this like it's the way that it sort of used to be to reconnect who's been around and you know it's a real uh you know that that's sort of taken what i look at is just sort of taking control of it ourselves or yourselves all of us together you know let's meet the people who's got a story and a message and you know how we are more alike than we are different you know that's that's sure. what i'm looking for is like the similarities and stuff like that and and the passion and to look into somebody who's been wrestling who's like not I, I love the fact he's from detroit and i love the fact that you know he's, he's been chasing his passion for 10 years so i love the fact that you know fan of the sport and and what's going on and and you know guys that want to talk and share their story and who they are and you know what like everybody's not for everybody right but it's just that right. when you find the ones that are, then you know that's that's the one thing. So that that's he's, what we're going to do, and it's just an opportunity. I like the you know I like the the uh, the, the start of things, right? I like to I like to to hear the stories about how he came into wrestling and what kind of motivated him to Absolutely. do that and that stuff. I'm into that, and I know you like the rest, the actual wrestling part. You're into both of those things. Um, but I'm I'm looking forward to uh, just kind of talking to him about that that kind of journey into this and how a kid from Detroit, you know, the same thing with Rhino. Like, how do you get from here to there? Uh, but you'll have to look up. He's got a couple things on YouTube. Uh, Tats and Lats. It's him and uh, Idris Abraham, the uh, the Sultan of Swarma, which is a fantastic yeah. name. They do this these little bits. It's great. You should check this stuff out. So I'm gonna we'll have to talk to them about those a little bit. All right, I'll uh, I'll leave that up to you to uh, to uh, go down the rabbit hole. But that's what you know. That's what 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 you what I love about it's just you know it's a, it's an expression. You know, it's like a movie or animation or you know musician or poet or whatever. You know, wrestling is it's theater. And it's the best soap opera. And, you know, I love people that are passionate about different things. And I love where wrestling's at right now as far as that transparency. I know I preach about transparency a lot. And that's the difference between the Red Wings organization and the Lions organization. Starts at the top, but, you know, there's there's transparency. Now, wrestling doesn't have to have 100% transparency, but it's the fact that I'm not stupid. So you don't treat me like I'm stupid. That's how it used to be. It's like, if don't right. tell, and then, you know, it's like, oh, man, don't look, and then they won't see me. <laughs> Shut up. You know, it's like, right. but that's, you know, it's sort of the mentality. So, and, and here's the difference, too, right? It's always nice to hear 
of a guy that's sort of been through it, and, you know, to be wrestling and being around it for 10 years, you sort of know how it is, which also means guys, let me give you a little background is, you know, very rarely do guys break out overnight and 10 years is about, you know, these guys could be getting ready to break. You know, like this is where you've built up your experience and all the, the forms, you know, the, the TV promos, the, you know, you don't realize they're not just wrestling because they're trying to tell a story, but they got to be able to look at the right camera. A lot of times when the ref is going to talk to them, the ref's whispering which camera to look at or which angle it's going because it's about the performance. And so as a performer, they're like, they're like actors. They're more like stuntmen than they are like, they're like acting stuntmen. And so the fact is, is that when you get the intricacies behind it and how the stories come about and because there's one thing where you master your craft, but then there's a whole different level. And I think that's where the storytelling and the wrestling is second nature now where they don't have to think, right? So it's all about portraying the character, right? When you don't have to think, okay, I got um, to run off the ropes and I got to do it. No, it's everything sort of flows because when you're in that character, you're in that sort of mode. You know, I, I get it a little bit, you know, sort of, you know, doing the music, doing the different things. But, you know, a, a lot of times it, it, it's it's and it's unique to see, you know, why guys take the images they take or, you know, uh, a lot of times watching, you know, I was watching last week uh, the Florida Coast wrestling wrestlings where a lot of the WWE guys that came with Seth Rollins and come out you know, King Corbin and they were talking about picking names and what you do is you submit a whole bunch of names and they tell you what you can choose from and what you can't, what sounds good and what doesn't. And, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty unique in that way, how you get, you know, that's sort of your persona because most of the time that's not the name. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, it's a crazy thing like you're talking about with the, I mean, wrestling is just so much different than anything else that's out there. Yeah, it's, it's there's some scripted things, but the people you're dealing with, you know, you're dealing with athletes, you're dealing with these just some of these monsters out there who assume, you know, a lot of them probably have the big egos too, and trying to put that all into that kind of theater performance is, is pretty awesome, man. It's just yeah, and, know, and it's strange. And well, that that's the whole thing too, right? So we're going to talk to uh, Joe Coleman. And, and a lot of it, and, and, you know, he's been to the Performance Center WWE, but he does a lot of the indie stuff, you know, started out in Ohio Valley and, you know, does some stuff in Canada. And, and you know, wrestling seems like it's, it's growing and bigger, but, you know, all these indie shows and all the different shows that come around, like this is another sort of thing you don't really real, really realize about how big it is on sort of the minor league level. Right. But this is where yeah, all these think, guys, when you, you see the film, you see all the film on these guys, it's like, wow, does this guy look young compared to like, you know, what he is, but he's been doing this a long time where you haven't heard of this guy, but he's been around for a while and he, you know, looked totally different, different character and, you know, different stuff like that. So it's, it's interesting. It'll be interesting. I'm not, I got a lot of questions. I just got to figure out well, which I, ones to ask. I, Right. I think Thunderlats, the uh, genetic jackpot, Mr. Joe Coleman, might be ready to uh, talk to us right now. Are you kidding hey, me? So on, you Look yep. at this ah. guy. 
dude, come on, shirt off, stand up, stand up, shirt off, oh, come laps. on, now. come on, now. Bro, I mean, are they paying? Bro, are they paying? They're paying. <laughs> thunder, you can't be thunder laps without. There it is. Right, there, that's right. better. Oh, that there was, it is. That was back when I had Sorry. a tan. Oh man, those were those were the good days before this quarantine, and now. Now you get, you see the real me. <laughs> dude, that, no, no, but that, dude, like, look at, that, that's just, look at the work that goes into that. And like, like explain to people. So Joe, you're from Detroit. Where the, give us a little background where you grew up and, you know, like how you got into wrestling. I know you've been doing it for 10 years and stuff, but how does a guy from Detroit, Michigan, um, get into sort of the wrestling world? And yeah, I, and on here, I ask any questions I want. So how old are you? Hey, man, that's cool. Oh, you're going to start right off the bat asking how old I am. Oh, you know what? Out of respect for you because it's an honor and a privilege to be here on Grind Time. Thank you so very much. You don't much, have to tell me the truth. You don't have to tell me the yeah. truth, bro. If you want to go, like, that's the, 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 that's the thing. Hey, is man, that, you know, you never age you get, when you start wrestling that's that's the day you the age you stay for the rest of your life so i mean by that logic it looks like i'm 25 i love it bro 25 it is and that's it so how so where did you grow up where'd you go to school uh, i actually I, I went to gabriel richard high school it's in riverview michigan and uh before that it was saint alfred so it was catholic school my whole life and then uh from there i went to eastern michigan university and then uh after that, graduated and uh, decided to run away and join the circus and start pro wrestling. How does, dude? How does that? How does that happen? Like, so, let's. So, who was your? Were you always a wrestling fan? You know, you, you you see how wrestling is like nowadays, and it's sort of like, how did you guys get into it? And you really realize a lot of the big names or a lot of the passionate, at least for me, the great characters. You know, they've lived and loved it all their life since they've been like little kids you know since wrestling fans i mean for me it was hulk hogan and then and then the end all be all was stone cold right so you know we used to run around the dressing room and dan and was the rock and he could do the rock impersonations and and we used to make uh mike canuba be mankind because we beat on him all the time and i was always <laughs> stone cold so who is your guys or how did you did you was it something that you fell into or was it something that you were like always loved man it was definitely something i always loved i always looked at it as just to me the best profession in the world because i mean and you get to do everything i mean it's the closest you get to being a superhero or in my case most of the time a super villain uh you know you get to be something you're an athlete you're an entertainer you get to do the whole nine yards you get to do everything and travel and see the world so i always thought it would be the greatest profession to get involved in. And when I finished up school, I saw a random posting. Cause I mean, I've been a fan my entire life. So I'd always be on the internet, reading all the backstage news and gossip on what was going on with the wrestlers and what was going on on shows. So I was definitely one of those guys staying up on all the dirt. And then uh, I saw there were open tryouts at Ohio Valley Wrestling in uh, Louisville, Kentucky. And OVW is actually where a lot of the biggest names from the past couple decades got their big start. So John Cena, Brock Lesnar, yeah. Randy Orton, Batista, it's a who's who there. And I was like, in the open tryout said, if you ever, you know, wanted to just give this a shot and feel like you could have uh, 
make a little bit of a living in the professional wrestling industry. Just come on down, try out. It's a hundred bucks. And I thought to myself, you know, that, that'd be a really good story to tell one day that I went down and uh, tried out to be a wrestler because it's, you know, I always thought it was the greatest thing in the world to do. And uh, here we are about a decade later. <laughs> so what was it? Like, you know, I just watched, uh, you know, out there, because I'm a huge wrestling fan, but what I love about wrestling now, and like you said, before when you got it, before you got into the business, reading the backstories, and you're always looking for sort of like that insight. Obviously, social media has changed that, which, which I always say I love wrestling now because they don't treat me like I'm stupid. You know, like, like you can get into the storyline of the characters so much more because... You know, they, they also, too, show the vulnerability. But what was it like, you know, did you fall in love with it, but, like, right away to what you were doing? Or, like, how was – we always, like, Nick always likes to – I mean, I do, too. But it's, like, how do you get, like, started in that? Or just, was it just, like, passion and what do I need to do? Who, you know, somebody taught you along the way? Or how do you get – how did you fall into that loop? after you gave your hundred bucks and went in the door? Man, it was one of those wild, wild things. Uh, God, it was kind of, you know, it, looking back on it, it's uh, really respectable the way I went about it. But like I borrowed a pair of wrestling boots from a local indie guy to go, you know, he showed me a couple things before I even showed up to the tryout, like how to put on a hammer lock and how to lock up. It was probably just awful. Because starting out, like, everything is very, very difficult. It's very hard to be a natural at professional wrestling. Because, you know, if you're in a fight, you're doing whatever you can to protect yourself. But uh, for wrestling, things got to look pretty. It's almost like a little bit of a dance. So It's a, chore- it, it's a choreographed up. fight. It's a Not choreographed necessarily choreographed. Yeah, it's, it's something no. you got to feel the, the rhythm of it. And uh, there's definitely an ebb and flow to the way – uh, you lock up with someone and the way you move and uh, you just go with it. I mean, sometimes you might plan things ahead of time, but uh, for the most part, you know, it's a little bit of a dance. Yeah, I'll get into asking you about, you know, like calling matches and, and and how it is what we talk about, it, how it is a dance where where somebody in there and, you know, the intricacies of what, what you not only had to learn the wrestling, but learn learning the cameras and the promo stuff and building the characters and all the things that sort of, you know, go into that. Was there something that was easier and something that was harder, like on your scale that you picked up real quick or, or that you uh, was like, oh man, this, this is hard. Like you said, physically, it's not like, you know, every move to start with is hard. So I figured my analogy is once, once you get to the point where it's second nature physically, then you can work and, and just fall into the characters. Is that true? Yeah. You know, I don't want to peel away the curtain too much for you there, but there's just, there's a certain way everything's done. And like on day one, I didn't realize it because I grew up thinking, man, I'm going to be such a great pro wrestler. I'm going to be the next Shawn Michaels macho man. There's no doubt about it. And then I showed up to this tryout camp and I see, you know, all these guys show up and they're wearing suits. There are a couple women there. They were wearing nice dresses. And I'm just a uh, goofball wearing a wife beater and gym shorts and borrowed wrestling boots. Because I didn't, I didn't know any better. How do, you, how do you actually know if you're not part of the business? But, uh, you know, a lot of those guys have 
gone on to do big, big things in WWE since then. And uh, I just saw how hard it was. I was like, oh, so you always work, like, for example, the left side of the body. Um, th that's what goes into it. Man, you got to know how to get into the ring. All these little subtle things you don't think about while you're watching it. It's just one of those really crazy things. I mean, I think I adapted. Uh, took a while to learn how to bump. It's, it's not a natural thing. But once you get into it and can feel the real rhythm of it, uh, things start to really connect. Well, let's talk about that, right? Because as being a, a heel, which to anybody who doesn't know, the good guys are the baby faces and the bad guys are the heels, which which I always thought, and, and what I always loved is like the heels can never make a mistake. The heels can never say the wrong thing, can never mess up a promo because they're getting booed anyways, right? It's the baby face. Oh, yeah. But also the heels have to be the one, the heels are the ones that sell the story because you usually end up taking the big bumps or, or things um, of that sort. Now, your, your success, a lot of it has been in different companies, and, but as a tag team. Now, how is that to develop? from an individual to to work into the tag team to talk about that like if i'm watching as a fan like is it the same difficulty to be able to learn how to work with a teammate as it is to learn how to learn the moves like you did at the beginning fighting to an extent, I mean, there's a lot of different uh, steps that go into the psychology of different matches and things like that. And by psychology, I mean just how you would react in these situations and what makes sense and things like that. And, you know, in a tag team match, you got to have four people on the same page. Sometimes it might be six. It might be eight, depending on how many tag teams they want to try and stack against each other. So that can be uh, it can be difficult, but I've been tag teaming with uh, my partner Idris Abraham, the Sultan of Shawarma, who came very close to uh, getting. Love it. <laughs> yeah, he almost won a battle royal on Monday Night Raw and went for the the Grand Cup last year over in Saudi Arabia. He came really close, and then Baron Corbin threw him out. But you know, I coached him, trained hard. But uh, what can you do? Either way, uh, once you get on the same page, it, it's really awesome. There's so much that goes into tag team wrestling. That's uh, definitely one of my favorites. But I also love being a singles wrestler as well. And um, if I had to put it on, I, it's I, being a babyface is tough because you can kind of only go in one direction. Or at least that's the way I was always taught. Is you can move forward, you can never really move backwards because you got to be straight and narrow. The crowd's got to want to see you. But as a heel, you can go forward, backward, side to side, diagonally. You can do whatever. You control so much more of the match as a heel for the most part. But now in, in modern wrestling, that's the, the line is a little bit blurred, just like in real life. You know, a lot of people there's shades of gray. So there's not good guy, bad guy. And especially if I were to be a baby face, I'm, I'm still the same wrestler I was when I was a heel. I just might go about my match in a different way. I'm not doing deliberately doing underhanded things to win and things like that. Right. Of course, it's the story of the match. The all Ric Flair effect, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. The old Ric the Flair. When he was the Ric that's what I'm saying, right? But to have it, to put it over. Now, do you have – okay, first, for, um, the biggest difference 
from when you started in the business 10 years ago or got going to now? In, in your opinion, what's the, like, is it the biggest difference, um, the opportunity or the amount of different, you know, you got AEW, WWE, NXT, Lucha Underground you had, you know, Ring of Honor, you know, and you name them all, plus all the, what, Smash, um, you know, all the different, different things, um, What's the what's the biggest difference? Because if I was going to answer that question, the game, my game, hockey is softer. You know, the talent level is higher, but the accountability is gone. And that's, you know, with the physicality of it. I hear you. Um, I mean, in terms of wrestling, I'd say the biggest change was it's definitely you nailed it right on the head. It's the opportunity and different promotions out there. Whereas when I started back in late 2010, 2011, WWE essentially was the only game in town. You've had uh, Impact Wrestling is kind of a distant second to a bit. They had a really good TV deal on Spike TV at the time and had a lot of big names, but it's still everyone always just gravitated towards WWE. It became synonymous with pro wrestling, uh, whereas now there's so many different opportunities. There's so much talent, and uh, there's just all these big promotions everywhere, and, you know, you can see it through social media. You can connect with the wrestlers. Uh, the fans can. It's just a lot. There's a lot more content and a lot more opportunities to be seen now as there was, you know, even six years ago. So on that point, because you know the big, the one of the big things, and obviously with with the AEW and different things, but I'm you know you look at the revolt, just you know Dash and Ka uh, Cash just went over to the AEW, but the tag teams, there's so many good tag teams all around, right? You know, like like one of my favorites are the you know uh, the Lucha guys, um, Pentagon, Dark, and 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 Ray Phoenix. You know, like watching yeah. the, the way like jump around and just the different things. Like I love the Lucha Underground. I think that that the 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 spice that it has, but it's it's there's like different types of wrestling. What is it that you, Joe Coleman, now? Um, is it, is it something that you're looking to do big things as far as like the tag team or looking like what's next for you? Uh, just wherever the opportunity presents itself. Uh, obviously we get the most eyes on ourselves as uh, hello beefcake. So that's really provide a lot of great opportunities. We've appeared for impact wrestling on a number of occasions, uh, in the smash wrestling tag team champions for about 16 months now, granted three months of that have been in quarantine, but it still counts. It still counts. It still counts. And then, uh, it still counts, bro. Absolutely. absolutely. And we've got, uh, the United glory tag team championships for, uh, glory pro wrestling, uh, in St. Louis, and then uh, right here in Detroit, where the tag team wrestling's for uh, champions for Clash. So uh, it's all about just collecting those belts, and eventually, you know, it could gain some momentum, and those bigger companies can pay attention, especially because Smash, it's got a really nice international platform and a big online following as well. So that's awesome. Well, you know, here at Grind Time with Darren McCarty, you're 25 on 19 or whatever we're doing here on NRM, whenever I'm on, it's a family affair. Now it's accountability time because one of my boys actually is, I believe, 
Um, you might know him. So I asked him to surprise us with a few, uh, with a few stories. I don't know. You might've known him as Eddie Venom or, uh, oh, uh, um, uh, my boy, J.R. Adams stunts. Yes. The stunt man. Um, before we go, make sure Jay, you have to answer. Quinn needs to know, um, is there special protection stuntmen use when they're falling off their bikes? So, um, we'll get All to right. that. That's Nick's daughter. But, um, hey, so you know this guy there, Jay? Yeah, yeah, man. I, by the way, hello, Darren. Up, Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, man, no Joe Coleman uh, came in uh, – it came into the business, uh, especially in the Detroit area, just as I was getting out of the business, just as I was retiring. And um, made, he's made a huge impression, obviously, on uh, guys like me. I'm a, I'm a fan of Joe's. I like watching his work. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm really impressed with how, how far he's come. And uh, at first, you know, I was a little iffy about him. I'll be honest. At first, uh, when I first met him, uh, Joe had come from, uh, I think, Ohio Valley Wrestling. Right, Joe? Yep, that's correct. Yep. So uh, I see this guy coming into, into my into my locker room, XICW, my locker room. I'm like, who is this guy? Um, but it didn't take long to uh, uh, know that we we have the comic book thing in in, uh, in common, and uh, we just started talking about uh, Spider Man, and and he was all good with me. That, that that's that's awesome. What is it like? Speak to it, Jay, because you know. You, being a wrestler and, and being a stunt man and stuff like that. When you watch it, like when I watch hockey, you know, obviously I watch it different or I see it differently as a former player. What is it? Some of the things that like, you know, talk about like the, the ring presence or stuff, you know, that, that Joe does. Cause he was explaining to us how hard it is, you know, to start out, but to get it. But uh, how do you know that somebody Ha, you know, as a veteran, somebody sort of has it or somebody that you can watch, not not by just what a good guy they are. Well, the thing is with, that always impressed me with Joe is uh, um, he's got great in-ring in talent. Um, he's, he knows what he's doing in the ring. But to me, being it always has been. It's not the moves that you do. It's the, the way that you connect with the people. Uh, that's always, you know, it takes a lot of people. It takes people a long time to, to learn that sometimes. Um, Joe always had that connection with the, with the crowd, whether he's a heel and making them hate him or on the very few occasions that I've seen him as a baby face, making people like him. But, uh, th that's the kind of thing that always was uh, important to me, you know, cause anybody can learn how to do the moves, but when you learn how to do the moves to make, make them make sense and to get the, the biggest reaction you can from the fans and to have the fans involved, that's to me what makes a good pro wrestler, and that's what I I've always been impressed with Joe. He's always been uh, great with the the crowd and uh, the in between the moves things that that are, that are important. Well, I think it's like you've always told me it's it's you've told me that, and but you always say, well, what's the why? Why are they doing that? Why is this? You know, does this make sense? Why is he doing that move and stuff? Let's talk about that, Joe. Like, how do you? What are your favorite moves or does it like halal beefcake have the finisher or whatever and how do you develop that like how do you come into it like 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 jay says to me like when when because here's my whole thing right my whole thing and we're good we'll fill you in on it but it's like uh you know revolution or whatever like this and you know what like you jericho wants to pick on mike tyson and stuff like that it's about i just want the microphone I, i'll do a bump but whatever else but jay's like <laughs> 
you could do you could do like a shoulder tackle or do something like a simple thing. <laughs> How do you come into your like to do these different moves or you know to to know about that like like and and talk about some of the moves that you guys do or some of the ones you love to do. And see, uh, Jay's brilliant mind for the business right there. I couldn't have said it better myself. That's exactly what it goes into. It's not about the moves because you can see so many athletic, so very talented guys that can do everything under the sun, but there's, you know, 30 of those guys, but you got to have the character that stands out that really connects and the little in between things, all that stuff. So in, in my eyes, your move set, uh, I hate that term. The moves you use have to match uh, your character. Uh, I mean, prime example is The Undertaker. He was a very athletic guy when he started out. And I mean, he could do all that wild stuff. He can do some great stuff off the top rope, but it didn't fit the character. So he was like a dead man and stuff like that. So my character, you know, he's a very fitness oriented guy. I come out with a jug of protein on my shoulder and 157 grams per serving. Remember that? Protocolous protein powder. <laughs> <laughs> so a lot of my moves are, uh, you know, go with the my character right. in the ring. So, I mean, silly, but I got a spot where I do push-ups on my opponent's back, and then I flip off, and I spread my lats, and then I drop an elbow on them. There's a lot of things like that. And, uh, you know, and even the finishing move has a clever name. <laughs> At least I think it's clever. I like to call it the fat burner. <laughs> so everything... Everything fits the character. And uh, for Halal Beefcake, it uh, translates as well because it's kind of just an extension of me with my tag team partner. So we have right. the, the jack hammer. So it's an assisted jack hammer. We load the guy up, we do a squat, and then we yeah. pop him all the way up and drop him with oh. a jack hammer. One, two, three, no one's ever kicked out. <laughs> so that's how we do it. The, the, the squat. I love it. But that, that's the thing. You put your own little touch on it because, you know, the like the jackhammer or the, you know, like the, 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 it's all different finishes. But I wonder, like, and it's how it makes sort of sense in the story. You know, hey, Jay, you know what he, Joe, you remind me you got that Seth Rollins quality, you know, where, where, where of just know you understand you know, the bigger picture and, and, you know, like the moves sort of ahead of it. Like, who are the guys yeah. that, like, who are the guys that you looked up to or you look, you, you know, look up to or try to, is there guys that you try to emulate or in, in different ways? Oh yeah, absolutely. I like a lot of the, uh, I'm very much in, if you haven't been able to tell very much into the character stuff. So very, very 80s and 90s. So I loved Randy Savage. I'm very much all about uh, ravishing Rick Rude, Mr. Perfect. Oh, yeah. And I really like the model Rick Martel. I think those guys were all just brilliant in the ring. And uh, everything they did, it was very simple, but everything was believable. And then, of course, you have, uh, you know, artists like Shawn Michaels. He's just awesome. So those are the guys I, I really looked up to. But the but those the, are some but good the, ones. But the well, here's the thing, Jay. Is is um, what made Shawn Michaels so great was yes, the athleticism, but it was the DX and and the way that it molded and it made sense and it was you know like the 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 banter and the candor and the you know like the pissing off Vince or whatever like you know the real the real of it. That's 
the believability is all it's there. You brought up The Undertaker, Joe, and Jay and I have talked about it because that's his favorite guy. But have you seen The Last Ride? Oh, yeah, I love it. Can't wait for the next episode. And, it, and what, what, so what did you think? Because that's the whole, Jay and I always like, I have the conversations um, about because it's sort of the last behind you know showing behind the curtain like you're talking about in a little ways because he's sort of hanging on to that and you heard you sort of hear him talking about it what is it is there anything that you take away from that or stuff anything that you you can learn as a wrestler who's 10 years into his into his career i mean you're only 25 bro yeah exactly man i started this when i was a baby Come on. But yeah, definitely. And uh, it's it's one of those great things because Undertaker is a guy who uh, he was relatively young when he hit it big with that awesome character. And he's been able to ride that all the way, you know, to, to where it's at right now. And he did such a great job the whole time. And uh, everything he says, it's kind of stuff you're taught from day one. Less is more. Uh, make things count. And uh, going back on to how we were talking about moves and how you can do all the moves, that, that's the thing. It's not how many moves you do, it's when you do them and how you do them. You want to get maximize the effectiveness and the response from the crowd each time you do them. You can't just go out there all willy-nilly, doing as many as you can uh, right off the bat and in random spots. It just wouldn't make sense, especially with time constraints and things like that. So it's really cool to see the curtain peeled back on The Undertaker because he's always been kind of mysterious and you always heard how much he believed in his character. And uh, it shows that, you know, he's a real human guy. And personally, I really loved uh, his American badass character as well. I thought he was awesome in that iteration. So uh, I like now that we get to see who he is as a person and uh, how he's dealing with... Uh, not being able to do this full time anymore because that's always a battle. It's like, man, can I really keep going on like this? My body hurts, but I really, I have a passion for it. I can't stop. I need to really go out on, in, on my own terms. So it's really awesome to see that. Well, yeah, Joe, well, like you said, uh, that's the same thing with me. That was, I wanted to make sure that I went out before I was taken out, you know what I mean? And it's, it's always hard. Obviously it was a lot easier for me cause I didn't have the kind of career that the undertaker did, but uh, it's still, when you have that passion for it and that love for it, it's something that it's, it's so hard to, I mean, even nowadays I've been retired for a few years now and every once in a while I'm like, eh, you know, I see that I see the, you know, Rhino putting the show on in Monroe and I see Darren getting involved. I'm like, Hmm, maybe I could, you know? So it, it's definitely something. And I think that's, what's so cool about the last ride is that, you know, we've always, we've seen behind the scenes stuff on pretty much every other wrestler we've, we've seen behind the, you know, the stories undertaker is the one that we never got a glimpse of because he, he protected his character so much. And I think that's why this one, this, this last ride is so revolutionary for us because that is one of the best, one of, if not the best character in wrestling history. And for 30 years, we didn't get to see behind the curtain. And now we do, which is it, it really, it's a really cool thing. That's awesome. Well, there's the music. And because it's 25 on 19 and we're in a pandemic, I don't make people listen to Grinder that much. But I want to say thank you to the generic jackpot, Mr. Joe Coleman. We look forward to talking to you down the road. <laughs> 
J.R. Adam Stunts, brother. I will see you. And Nick News. Thank you, man. Do not be late tomorrow. I will be on the putting green, and I'm going to kick your ass. Anyways, thanks for joining us here on this Thursday night. Oh, Nick's going to beat my ass. All right. D-Mac. Thank you, guys. Thank you later. All right. Thank you. I'm out. Thanks, guys.